Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Okay, welcome to episode number 13. I am your host, Stevie D. Last day to bet was 5221. And I have been trying to record this podcast for about 45 minutes. But the microphone wasn't working. Safari wasn't working. I had to download Google Chrome, this, this, and that. And we finally got it going here. So there were several times I had to be like, okay, calm down, calm down. You will get it. You just calm down. Oosa. Just chill, bro. And I did. I chilled. Finally got it. Let's hope this one works. Let's see. All right. Let's do it together. All right. So, like I said, episode 13, Stevie D, back in action. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few things I want to talk about in this episode. A few really cool things. Um, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about the uh, HBO Real Sports thing they just did on uh, compulsive gambling and legalization of sports betting. I'm going to talk about a New York Times article that someone we may know may be in pretty soon here. Um, plus, I'm going to go into the legalized sports betting again, all that fun, lovely stuff that's going on in New York and other places. Um, but first, I kind of want to just talk about how I'm feeling this week. It's probably going to be something I start these podcasts off with. Um, I think it's just good to talk about how we feel. I mean, that's a lot of what meetings are and, and therapy is. And uh, I know if you've listened to the last couple podcasts, there's been some down weeks recently, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling optimistic about the future um, in a lot of ways. So uh, there's been a lot of good things that have happened for both my wife and I this last week. Uh, recovery related. Uh, lots actually happened. So it's it's nice to feel positive again this week. Um, that doesn't mean that in 20 minutes or in two days or whatever, I might be back to feeling negative or upset or something may happen that may trigger my wife or myself. And, and But that's okay. Um, what I've learned, especially over the last few weeks, and I, I've already kind of known this, but I, I guess I've done a better job recently, I guess, of, you know, I, I've accepted what's happened. I've accepted what's gone on. This is what's, what's going on. But like in the past, when these negative moments or days or weeks would happen, you know, I would, you know, while I was gambling, I would turn to, to gambling. I, I would place another lineup or I'd focus on, um, building a lineup or doing research for the that night's games or whatever and before that when i was in my teens and 20s if i felt negative about something and didn't want to feel it i would use whatever drug i was using at the time and now what i'm learning to do is to kind of feel those emotions try to understand why i feel the way i feel why i may feel angry why i may feel sad or upset and knowing it's okay there's there's gonna be ups and downs uh life would be boring if it was a straight line i mean do i want to feel down absolutely not who wants to feel down no but 
I'm trying to take those down times as a time to learn and reflect on how I can maybe do things better the next time or handle them better the next time. Um, yeah, so, so basically, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hopeful this week and positive and excited. Um, so I guess I'll start off with my wife was recently, just, uh, recently, I can't even speak right now. I'm so angry at my microphone, but I'm good. Um, my wife is just recently on a podcast again. She's done several of them so far, um, on the broke girl society. And it just happened to be that the people that were on there were three ladies from the New York council on problem gambling. And they just so happened to be from our area, the, uh, upstate capital region of New York. And, um, it also just happened to be that one of the women on the call ended up being the person that when we called the national hotline and they connected us to our local council, it was this woman, Amy, who works at the New York council on problem gambling, which was just really cool that she connected with them. So after the episode, I guess they spoke, uh, and connected more. And now she's going to be doing some outreach work with them. I'm not sure what that's going to entail. Um, but it's really exciting that she's going to be doing that to help other affected others. Uh, they've asked us both to speak at the upcoming um, conference that's going to be occurring. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be virtual this year. Hopefully we can go back to in-person stuff next year. Um, I'd really like to start doing some in-person stuff. Uh, most of what we've done has been through the computer, on Zoom, on phone calls, on FaceTimes, all that stuff. It'd be nice to start meeting some of these people that we're connecting with in person. You know, like, don't get me wrong, I, I love doing everything that I've done over the last nine months, but it, it definitely will be nice to be able to start doing in-person things eventually. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, I'm, I'm excited for my wife to, you know, start doing what she's doing, outreaching, helping other women or men or any affected other that's gone through what she's gone through. Just like I hope to help other problem or compulsive gamblers that are in recovery or, or seeking out recovery to help them, you know, or offer advice or suggestions, you know, whatever, whatever I can do to help. Because for me, the reason why we are where we are today is we called that number. We got connected to the council. They connected us to our therapist. And that's what's helped us so much. Um, my meetings, I found. There's just been this huge network just that we found over the last nine months. And it's really incredible to see where it's going and flourishing. Um, so I'm very hopeful and excited about that. Um, so the few other things I'm going to talk about, uh, in this episode is HBO did a piece on gambling addiction and the legalization of sports betting. There's a New York times article I'm going to discuss that may involve a certain someone that we may know and we may not know. I guess we'll see. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm on the Sopranos right now. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Just the mood I'm in right now, I guess. Um, and then uh, legalize sports betting. So I'll start off with uh, the HBO uh, documentary or on Brian Gumble, the 
real sports. So I watched it last night with my wife and I mean, I'm glad that they're bringing attention to this. I really am. Uh, I think it could have been done a little bit differently, but you know what? I'm going to look at the positive and see that they're bringing attention to a problem that's arising out there. I'm a little upset with what the owner from the of the Washington Nationals and, and uh, Wizards said, but I'm going to focus on the good that could come out of that. Um, I remember back in July, I actually spoke with the producer of this piece about potentially being on that show, but I guess at that point, I just wasn't ready to talk about it. Who knows if they even would have selected me to be on it, but honestly, I'm, I'm glad I didn't end up on that one. Um, the guy that was on there, it kind of just seemed like it was more focusing on like, look how, how bad it is. Look how bad it can get. They didn't really focus much on recovery, but Hey, it's their piece. They're bringing attention to a problem that's going on right now. That's going to explode right now. So that's a good thing. Um, so I haven't been watching sports for me. It was daily fantasy. I don't know if this is your first episode or not, but, uh, I listen, listened. I uh, played specifically daily fantasy sports. So when I stopped in May of last year, one of the steps I took was to completely cut sports out because that's what I needed to do. I, I watched sports. I, I researched sports constantly to, to build my lineups. I, you know, last year in the year before or whatever, like I could basically list off every player on, uh, on basically every NBA team. I knew like who the sixth man was. I knew who the 15th man was. I knew how many minutes they played. I just knew all the stats. And since I've stopped watching, I, it's quickly, it's amazing how quickly I've forgotten all that stuff. Um, but so anyways, the whole point is I, I stopped watching sports because that's to me, uh, it's just not worth watching. You know, it's not worth the potential trigger that could happen or, or, or whatever to me. That was, that's just opening the door for me to potentially lead back down that path. And it's just not worth it to me. I don't think I would gamble. I'm, I could probably watch sports, but to me, it's just a risk I'm not willing to take right now. Um, so anyways, the whole point of this is, you know, watching this documentary, uh, one of the first things they show um, is a baseball game from whenever and Jose Altuve is up to bat. And all of a sudden I hear Joe Buck start talking about, I think it's Caesar's sports book, how the odds are like four and a half to one that he's going to hit a home run at this bat. And a $10 bet will return you $45 if you bet right now in the middle of his at bat. And I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Not that I, I guess I could believe it. I, I, I don't know. But like seeing the way sports has always been and how they were so against gambling and so against sports betting and now seeing not only are they okay with sports betting, but they're literally like, are they doing it at bat by at bat? I mean, you tell me I haven't been watching sports, but that is crazy to me that if that's what they're doing, uh, I mean, there already were so many problem and compulsive gamblers before this. Uh, I can't even imagine the amount of people that are going to develop a problem and get in over their heads. If they can literally bet, on every at bat and in a game or every play in a, in basketball or, or football or hockey or whatever, whatever it is. Um, 
there, like, like I said, there was one comment also that the, I should probably should have written his name down, but I guess it, whatever, it doesn't matter. The owner for the, uh, the Washington Wizards and the Nationals. Uh, so the guy, Jake, who was doing the story, he was interviewing him and asking him about the sports book being in, I guess, the Nationals ballpark now which is another crazy thing to me that there's a legal sports book, Caesar sports book in a stadium. Um, but one of the things he said was, you know, the people who have problems, the problem gamblers, the, the compulsive gamblers, they're not coming to a legal sports book. They're not, they're not coming here. They're, they're betting underground. They're betting illegally. And I wanted to jump through the screen and say, are you kidding me? Like, no, I, I'm sure there is an underground market still. And I know there is because I, I hear people talk about it in my meetings, but that is so untrue. I mean, I only played in legal domains like DraftKings and plenty of people are getting into trouble playing on DraftKings and all these sports books. So the fact that he said that just drives me crazy. Um, Another thing was, um, oh man, what was it? There was something else he said that really bothered me. Um, oh yes. He's saying that with these, uh, providers or whatever you want to call them, the sports books that they have something in place where they, if they see that you're, you're betting too much, uh, or you're going over your head, you know, or just your betting habits are increasing that they'll put you into a cooling off period or they'll stop you or they'll contact you or whatever it was. He said, I'm sorry, but I'm calling BS because, uh, unless things have changed in the last nine months, maybe I'm wrong here, but, uh, you know, when I played for the years that I played and, and I started betting more and more and more and losing more and more, or say I won a few thousand dollars and then, lost that and then started to chase that shouldn't that have picked something up according to what he's saying uh and i never got one email you know i mean i could lose thousands of dollars in a week i never got an email they just let me keep depositing keep depositing you know if i set limits for myself on there there are so many things i try to do to stop and one of the things i try to do was set limits on DraftKings. you can set it to a hundred bucks a day or a hundred bucks a week or whatever you you want to set it to. And all that would happen is when you hit that limit, say it was a hundred dollars for the day. Once I hit that hundred dollars, it would say, you've reached your limit. Would you like to keep going? All you gotta do is hit yes and keep going. So how is that really stopping anything? That's not going to stop a compulsive gambler. And then that just to me means that there's really nothing in place. They've got the data to stop people but they're just not because why would they, they want you to bet more. But anyways, enough of my rant. So let's go on to something more positive. So I mentioned a New York times article with someone that we may know. Uh, and who is this guy? Who is this guy? I know him. What's his name? Oh, it's your boy, Stevie D. Um, yeah. So, um, Sports writer Kurt Streeter reached out to me through another friend of ours, Mr. Brian Hatch. Thank you very much over at All In. 
the Addicted Gamblers podcast, the Bet Free Life, and a million other things that he does. Really great guy, really active in this community. Um, I definitely owe a lot to him. He's helped me starting this podcast, not starting, but like he's given me, given me uh, pointers and whatnot. And he's the one who sent Kurt Streeter my way to talk about this. So once again, thank you, Brian. Good man. Um, so on Wednesday of this week, he reached out to me and did an interview. And I just kind of told him my story. I told him what I've been through and, and whatnot. And I guess they're going to be using a lot of my story and my recovery and stuff like that for the article. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm sure it will come out well. He seems like a very good writer, a very smart man. He seems like he really wants to bring attention to this problem, especially with the explosion of sports gambling. And I also like the fact that he's actually asking about my recovery, whereas with HBO Real Sports, it didn't seem like they talked much about the recovery. They just talked about all the negative stuff that happens in your gambling. And, and that is, of course, important to talk about. People need to know what can happen. That's part of why in my podcast here, you can go back and listen to episodes, whatever it is, two, three, and six, or whatever it is. I detail a lot of my addiction stuff. And that's important to know. You need to hear what can happen the further you get into this. But you, to me, it's just as important to talk about recovery and how we get better. You know, we we don't get better unless we enter some form of recovery. You know, you can white knuckle it for a while. I tried to do that once and ended up relapsing. Uh, I stopped in 2018 and, and white knuckled it for about a year and ended up relapsing and started playing daily fantasy again. And um, yeah, so to me, the recovery aspect is just as important, if not more important to speak about. And Kurt has been asking me a lot of questions about my recovery. Of course, he's asking me questions about, you know, how I started, when I started, early history with sports, you know, the worst time period of my gambling, how I got caught. But he's also asking me how things are going with my wife. He's asking, you know, how uh, I go about my recovery, what I do for my recovery, asking for helpline stuff, you know, so I really appreciate that. I'm looking forward to seeing how the article comes out. Uh, I really appreciate that he's doing this story, especially with all this legalized sports betting. It's crazy. And don't get me wrong with the HBO real sports thing. I appreciate what they're doing too. Um, you know, like I said, it's not, not my show to produce, but as long uh, to me, as long as they're bringing attention to this problem, you know, at least kind of calling out the leagues. I really like that part of it where, you know, Jake starts talking about, you know, some of these petitions that these, these leagues, um, I think sent to Congress or tried to petition Congress to make, make sports betting illegal or keep it illegal, whatever it was. I probably should have written this stuff down. So I knew what I was talking about more, but, uh, what I remember, it was like 2000, 2001, 2007, all the leagues petitioned, uh, Congress to, you know, make sure that sports betting stayed illegal because it promoted, um, compulsive behavior and gambling with their customers. 
And now here we are in 2022 and all the leagues are partnered with them. And it's probably because of declining viewership in baseball, declining viewership in pretty much everything but the NFL. Um, now betting will keep people locked into the games, which they can now charge more for advertising. You know, I mean, what would happen if, you know, a game was, you know, 15 to one and by the third inning, people would tune out. So now the advertising, nobody's watching. Well, now people have got bets on the game or have people in their fantasy lineups. They're going to watch if they can bet on who's going to bat first in the seventh inning. They're going to, they're going to watch. So it's all about the almighty dollar, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there is to an extent if you're, don't really care about how your viewers are impacted by it. But, you know, I guess I'm, I'm happy that these stories are being put out there. So I'm happy that they even did this story on HBO Real Sports. I would suggest to go watch that. Um, and, you know, look out for the New York Times article that's going to come out on Monday, um, January 31st. Uh, it should be in the sports section, I would assume, uh, by Kurt Streeter. You can see this lovely face that you obviously cannot see because this is a podcast. But, you know, my, my picture will be in the paper and we're going to talk about, or he's going to hopefully write a great story. I'm sure he will. I'm excited to see how it comes out. Yeah, so, um, sorry if I'm ranting and raving about this. I guess it's just... I just watched this thing last night. It's just obviously been on my radar this week because I've been talking about it a lot. It's crazy what is going on in this state right now. I don't know where you are in the world or what's going on in your corner of the world or the country or whatever. Uh, I know what's going on here has been going on over in England and Europe for a while. I don't know why. They couldn't see the trend that happened over there, how it's going to happen here. But, um, yeah, so I can only speak on what I'm seeing right now in New York. It's crazy. I mean, I'm, I know I talked about it a little bit last podcast, but I can't go a day without getting at least 15 to 20 different ads from different places. So, for example... In the morning, I go at, you know, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning, uh, brush my teeth, wash my face, blah, blah, blah. I go out to my car around 4.15 to start my car to warm it up for when I leave around 4.30, 4.35. There are some times where I've started my car this past week and it's just on some random music station and I'm hearing an advertisement for Bet Rivers or Caesars or Draft one of the sports books. So immediately it's on basically every normal radio station. No, I don't normally listen to radio. I normally listen to music on Spotify or podcasts. So now I get in my car, right? I start to drive to work at that time, 4.30, Say I put on YouTube music or Spotify, a song or two will play. And then what comes on? Another sports book advertisement. So before I've even gotten to work by five o'clock, I've heard at least two different sports book advertisements on my way to work. There's at least one 
billboard that is gambling related. And then there's another uh, electronic billboard that will go back and forth. And sometimes you'll see the FanDuel Sportsbook. So there's some days I'll get to work by, you know, I'm up at four, I'm at work at five, and I've already seen four different advertisements for sports betting. And then throughout the day, as I'm driving or making deliveries and I've got a podcast on or I'm listening to music or whatever, it's every two, three ads, whereas it used to be, you know, you're being advertised this medication or that medication. Now it feels like it's all sports betting stuff. Uh, and now for me, I'm, I'm all right. It doesn't trigger me. I'm good. I don't want to, I mean, it's just not affecting me right now. I don't see an ad and it doesn't make me uncomfortable. It doesn't make me want to go gamble, but I know that there are plenty, plenty, plenty of people that that's going to happen to. They're going to see it. They're going to hear it. They're going to be triggered by it. And even if it's not someone who's already had a problem that may relapse, they're going to create hundreds of thousands, if not millions of new gamblers. Uh, and yeah, I understand that a large percentage of people can bet responsibly. My best friend is one of them. My best friend, John, I just spoke with him yesterday. I got to call you back, Johnny C. I'm sorry. I got home late from work. My man, I know you're going to listen to this. Uh, I'm going to have him come on um, in a few episodes and we're going to discuss some stuff about gambling and whatnot. And, um, but, you know, he's one of those people who doesn't have a problem with compulsive gambling. He can bet $10 or $20 and it doesn't bother him one way or another. Just like I could, you know, in the past, I could buy a scratch tip card for $5 and win 50 bucks and put it in my pocket. I could win 50 bucks at a casino and wouldn't do nothing, win or lose. But with, you know, daily fantasy was a different thing for me. I was compulsive. I couldn't stop. Um, and so I understand a lot of people will be fine. You know, I don't know what the numbers are. Um, but I'd say there's at least 10 to 20%. I, I would say that's at least a fair number of people who will have a problem or experience some harm or will bet more than they can bet and lose more than they can lose. And for some people, it's going to get real bad. And it may be weeks, months, years, a lifetime. Sorry, drinking some water here. Um, yeah, so I don't know, I guess it just, it's like you're creating more problems than there needs to be. I mean, I know that you can't stop a product, I guess, because of a smaller percentage of people that may be affected. But then if you can't stop it, then there needs to be a lot more money put into treatment or help for people like me and for people like us who have, you know, compulsive issues with gambling or other addictions. Uh, you know, I'm hoping that more money gets put into treatment, gets put into therapy. Um, I mean, one thing I'd like to see is that there's not so many ads. It should not be blasted the way it's blasted. People know it's there. It doesn't need to be in every at bat, every pitch, every everything. I just feel like you're just creating more of a problem than there needs to be. Um, but I know also that there's not much I can do to change it. I mean, maybe in the future we could dial back the advertising, but for now, all we could do is offer one another help. 
and hopefully when people are ready for help, there'll be the resources to help them. Hopefully they can find this podcast, the other podcasts. There's a lot of great podcasts out there. Um, there's a lot of great people um, in the different councils. It seems like there's, <coughs> excuse me, a lot more, uh, you know, people willing to write stories about this. So I guess we'll see where it goes. Um, so just be careful. You know, if you know someone who's exhibiting signs of a sports betting addiction, spending too much time on their phone, going to the bathroom a lot, taking their phone with them, um, not being transparent about where their money goes. Just look out for the warning signs. Um, you know, people aren't going to stop unless they're ready to stop. We can't stop unless we're ready to stop. Um, but I just, I, I, I can see it. I've already seen people come in, like I said, to my other meetings that were, you know, impacted already. And it's only been legal for barely a month. So, yeah, sorry for my rants today. I guess, like I said, it's just been on the forefront of my mind this week. So, anyways, thank you very much for listening. I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. If any of you have any comments, questions, would like to be a guest on this show, eventually I'll probably start doing interviews at some point. Um, I'm going to keep a lot of it just like this, but I, I do want to do interviews at some point. So if you're interested in doing that, email me at fantasyorreality at yahoo.com. Be good to yourself. Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2500. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to Gammonon.org, G-A-M-A-N-O-N.org. The number is 718 352 1671